our theme of the day, evidence for eternal life. We'll come to that in a, in a moment. Uh, but tradition, of course, we give and receive Easter eggs today. Who's already received an Easter egg? I've already... Who's already eaten an Easter egg? There we are. Not many. Not many. I hope you're feeling uh, guilty. <laughs> How about this Easter egg? Um, uh, up on the screen, this is a golden egg. Uh, look at this. It's a wonderful true story of an American scrap metal dealer who bought this egg at a flea market for about $14,000, which is £11,000. And he thought that was a lot of money. He had no real idea of its value. And he hoped to make a few hundred dollars uh, profit, but no one would buy it for him. He was thinking about having to melt it down. Maybe that would be the way of dealing with it. But he decided to do an internet search, because on the inside uh, of the next photograph uh, has a watch. And on the watch was engraved the, the words uh, Vacheron Constantine. And he put in egg and that name, and out came Fabergé. He got in touch with a Fabergé expert and uh, here in, in London called uh, Kieran McCarthy, who just couldn't believe his eyes. And he went over to the States to check it out. And it was indeed a real Fabergé egg. The very egg that the Russian Tsar Alexander III gave to his wife Maria, I think there's a photograph of them, here they are, uh, for Easter Day in 18. 18- 87. Just one of just 50 eggs that the Fabergé made for the Russian royal family. And then they disappeared uh, in the revolution. It, its value, it turned out, was 25 million pounds. And what I like about this story of the scrap metal dealer is he had no idea of the true value of his egg. I've no course of the person who sold it to him. I'd have been really gutted. <laughs> um, he needed an expert witness to tell him its true value. And over the past couple of weeks here at St. Mary's, we've been thinking about eternal life. The gift it is to us from God, the cost of God to give it to us. And we're going to be thinking about today about the, the evidence for this eternal life, because we've been learning that eternal life is a relationship with God that we can enter into now with Jesus' help that is so strong that death itself cannot break it. It's a bit like spiritual gorilla glue. Shall uh, I take my picture of that up, up on the screen? Uh, uh, there it is. So if you're stuck to Jesus, nothing, not even death itself, can tear you away from it. It's, it's like an unbreakable bond that we have with Jesus if we trust in him, that death itself cannot break. That's what eternal life is all about. And it's something that can start now. So in fact, eternal life is a gift we can receive now. Now, uh, Jesus says in uh, John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 40, these words, My Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. So this eternal life is something that our maker wants us all to enjoy. But how can I be sure this eternal life really exists? Well, that's what today is all about. Because it's a day when Christians, we, 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 all over the world, we, we listen to the accounts of Jesus' resurrection. And we're going to do that 
again, on the back of your sheets, you'll see there are uh, uh, the, the text we're going to be looking at this morning from John chapter 20. And we're going to break it into four parts because we're going to look at four witnesses, four experts. A bit like that Fabergé egg expert, we have in the Bible all sorts of people who saw this eternal life for themselves. They saw this eternal life in Jesus. So imagine for, for a moment, this is a courtroom, and I'm going to call four witnesses to give us their evidence. And I'm wondering if the children, if you like, might to help me and be some of these witnesses. The first witness is, is Peter. Anybody like to be a, a witness? Come and help me. Uh, yes, go on. Yes, do you want to come and help me? Fantastic. What do we know about Peter? Anybody know anything about Peter? He was a fisherman. Fantastic. So uh, there's your fish. Fantastic. <laughs> And uh, you might need quite a few rods. There are. That's our fisherman. Fantastic. Brilliant. And uh, so, if you, or you, do you have to say anything just to be, be able to just hold on to those for a while? You've already caught your fish. Fantastic. Okay. So, we're going to hear our first uh, reading then. Who's, who's our first reader? John. Uh, we're going to hear this first section from John chapter 20. It'll be up on the Can screen as well. Me it? <laughs> Here we go. So let's listen to uh, Peter. Um, one of the things, what did he see that first Easter day? Okay. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Uh, Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying there in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciple went back where they were, uh, where they were staying. Okay, so the, Simon Peter with his uh, friend John. Uh, oh, oh no. I've still got the fish. <laughs> I've still got it. Uh, what's the thing he first notices? Have you noticed in here? Do you want to have a quick, quick look there? Uh, is is the empty tomb? He noticed the empty tomb, but is, is, tomb. It, is it completely empty? No, there's still some linen. There's some linen in there. That's right, and that's what Peter saw. He saw the tomb was empty. The roll, the stone was rolled away. Jesus' body was gone, uh, and the linen which had wrapped Jesus' body around when he was it was there, still there, as if Jesus' body had just sort of gone through it, and. Uh, that's very powerful evidence. You see, it would have been so easy for the Jewish leaders to disprove that Jesus had risen from the dead simply by producing his body. But that they couldn't do it, could they? They couldn't do it. And that wasn't all that Peter saw, because uh, Luke tells us that Peter actually saw Jesus later uh, for himself oh. on Easter. Oh, dear. Uh, and we have a reading from Acts chapter 3, verse 15. Uh, up on the screen, you killed the author of life, says Peter, but God raised him from
from the dead. We are witnesses of this. So Peter's our first witness. He saw Jesus risen from the dead. He saw the empty tomb. He saw eternal life in Jesus. Thank you very much. That's my first helper. Brilliant. Okay, you can go and sit down. Thank you. Whoops, well done. Okay, my next... uh, uh, Anybody else would like to help me? Uh, The next... Witness is, is female. So you might like to... If, if, uh, any females like to help me? Uh, go on then. Come on, come on. Yep. So I wonder who this could be. This is Mary Magdalene. So um, now, they often wear blue, the women in the Bible. So anyway, can I wrap you with this? Is that all right? Fantastic. Here we are. Fantastic. And then, if you've watched The Chosen, that's what the, the actress looks like in Mary. Anyway, doesn't you look very comfortable? <laughs> Don't worry. If you just face the front, brilliant. Let's have our second reader. I'm going to read from the second part of John chapter 20, our second witness this morning. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that, and she told him, she told them that he, what he had said. Oh my goodness. And she told them that he had said these things to her. (laughs) Well done. Thank you. Thank you. So Mary goes twice to the tomb. She goes right at the early morning. She sees the empty tomb. She doesn't see Jesus at that point. She rushes back to tell the disciples the tomb's empty. The disciples rush, and then, then they go away, and then she comes on her own a little bit later uh, back to the garden tomb. And uh, she's still distraught. She's still um, troubled, you know, deeply, deeply troubled and tearful. She meets some angels who tell her uh, that Jesus isn't here, and then they, uh, she mistakes Jesus for the gardener, and she has a conversation with her, and it's only when Jesus calls her name that she realizes this is Jesus. And she tells the disciples, what does she say? I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. So she is our second witness. She saw Jesus died. She watched it happen on the cross. She saw his body taken down and buried in the tomb. And now three days later, she sees Jesus alive again, all signs that his, of his ordeal were gone. Here was Jesus in a new resurrection body. So here's our, she's our second witness. Thank you. Fantastic. Well done for being 
My second witness. Right. Okay. Now, for my third witness this morning, it could have been any of the disciples. Um, we're going to choose uh, Matthew. Uh, anyone like to be Matthew? Yes, do you want to come with Matthew for me? Fantastic. Come and join me. Uh, now, Matthew um, was a tax collector. So uh, he is used to having a lot of money. So we've got some money glasses. Could you mind wearing this for me? Thank you. Some money. There we are. And, and he had a big money bag. So you're going to hold the money bag. Fantastic. So Matthew was our, our money man. So let's listen to what he has to say. Who's our third reader this morning? James. Fantastic. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After, after he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Thank you. Okay, so Matthew was, was there uh, at that moment. He was one of the disciples. And Matthew's, money had been, Matthew's life had all been about money, 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 until he met Jesus. He was used to taking an exact account of what people owed the Romans in tax. And precise, accurate Matthew also tells us that Jesus rose from the dead. In fact, at the end of his own gospel, because he wrote his own gospel, he writes, sometime after the resurrection, the, 12, the 11 disciples, including him, went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And he said, when they saw him, they worshipped him. So he also was our, one of the witnesses of this eternal life. He too saw this eternal life, life beyond death, in Jesus so Peter, Mary, Matthew, three great witnesses. Your job is done. Thank you very much. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. But for one disciple, that wasn't enough evidence. Uh, they weren't convinced. And who was that? That was Thomas. So anybody like to be Thomas for me this morning? Uh, right at the back there. Yes, go on. <laughs> there we are. What's your name? Augustine. Augustine. Ah, fantastic. Okay. Um, so Thomas, he like he wanted to he said he wanted to sort of as we'll hear in a moment prove that Jesus um, uh, sort of he could see him in the flesh and uh, sort of almost feel his uh, pulse. So I'm going to give you those. Okay. Uh, stethoscope. And uh, he also said, "Unless I see, I won't believe." So would you mind wearing those for me? Okay. Okay. <laughs> right, who's our fourth reader? Is it Martha? Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked here, 
Uh, Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Brilliant. Thank you, Martha. So Thomas missed Easter Day. I'm glad you're not missing Easter Day today. He wasn't with the uh, other disciples. And when they told him that Jesus was alive, he didn't believe them. Unless he saw Jesus for himself, saw his own eyes, with his own eyes, uh, the nail marks in Jesus' hands, he says, I'm not going to believe. And then a week later, the disciples all gathered together again, with Thomas this time. And although the doors were locked, Jesus comes and stands among them and says, peace be with you. And he says to Thomas, because he'd heard what Thomas had said, put your finger here uh, and see my hands. Reach out your hand, put it into my side, stop doubting and believe. And Thomas declares, my Lord and my God. Anyway, you see, Jesus was telling Thomas off. He says, you should have trusted what the other disciples had told you. He should have trusted their evidence and not doubted. That would have been a reasonable thing to do. He hadn't needed to see Jesus for himself in order to believe that what Peter and Mary and Matthew and the others had told him was true. And you see, we're in that similar situation to Thomas. But Jesus says, you should have trusted what they told you about me being alive. That's Jesus' conclusion. These were trustworthy people, all sorts of different people, uh, a tax collector, uh, Mary and uh, Peter the fisherman, all sorts of different people. He got to know them. He should have trusted them. Jesus says you're, to Thomas, you're out of order. You're ignoring the evidence that I put in front of your face. Stop doubting. Start believing. And wonderfully, that's what Thomas did. Fantastic. So, Thomas, thank you. Well done. So let's all bring that to a, to a conclusion. So those were our four witnesses, our four witnesses. We could have called more witnesses. We could have called John or Jude or James or Paul. Together they show us this evidence of eternal life by pointing us to Jesus' resurrection. So it's good to look back, isn't it? So let's soak in that what happened that first Easter Sunday. We might want more evidence, but Jesus tells Thomas, you've got enough to believe. And if that's us, if we're holding back and it's been sitting on the fence, Easter Day is a great day to do that, to stop doubting and just believe and trust that Jesus is alive. But as well as looking back to the Bible, we can also look around, we can look at each other. Just to see that for a minute, have a look around. Because you see, we go back to that verse we had at the beginning from John chapter 6, verse 40. Jesus says, My Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him 
shall have eternal life. And I shall raise them up on the last day. And that means as I look around, that there is eternal life over here. There's eternal life over here and over here. You see, there is already this unbreakable bond with God our Father through his son Jesus, which nothing can break, not even death, if we're trusting in Jesus today. We are surrounded, as we look around, by people who are doing that. So here in this room, here in this church today, is eternal life at work. It's wonderful to think of that, isn't it? Do you know, that means that we are two witnesses to the resurrection in the lives that we live, living out what it is to know Jesus today. We can be witnesses of the resurrection, just like Peter and Mary and Matthew and Thomas. Do you know, I would love to have been that person who discovered that Fabergé egg. But the precious message of Easter is far more valuable, far more valuable. And it's something we can all own. Everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you for this day of celebration. And would you please help us to put our trust in your risen Son this day. Thank you that we can have this unbreakable bond with you, this eternal life. We've seen Jesus conquer death, and with him we can conquer death too. In Jesus' name, amen.